You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast, folks. I am Mr. Matthew Baker, and I perform a weird comedy and stunt show. And I'm Louis Fox. Uh, in the festival, you know me uh, performing hand shadow puppets, but I'm also, my day job is I'm a magician. Yeah, we have both been performing at the Moisture Festival for a number of years, and this podcast is dedicated to peeling back the curtain and giving you a glimpse of some of the performers, the talent, the people, the volunteers, and the board of directors that make this festival possible. I think you'll be amazed at all the work that goes into making the festival possible, too. It's not just a bunch of people showing up and doing a show. They're building a community, which you can actually help sponsor and support through donations. You can do that with your time or financially at moisturefestival.org, and you click the contribute link, and there's tons of information on how you can help keep the festival running. And if this is the first time you're even hearing about the Moisture Festival, congratulations, you stumbled upon <laughs> something that's amazing. But it is a four-week festival that celebrates variety arts in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle. And let me tell you, folks, I've been a part of this for almost 13 years, and it is one of a kind. Yeah, it's the, actually the largest festival of its kind in the world yeah. and features some of the best entertainers, comedians, hula hoopers, whatever you can think of. <laughs> they have it. <laughs> they have it. <laughs> And it happens actually in the months of March and April, and they do have world-class variety acts, but they also have a week-long worth of burlesque show. Yeah, at a venue on the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this during the festival, be sure to get your tickets, because 95% of the shows sell out. And you can get your tickets also by visiting the website moisturefestival.org. So be sure to check that out for all things Moisture Festival. On this episode of the Moisture Festival podcast, we have the fantastic Jet Black Pearl on the phone. Yes, and just a quick heads up, we're recording this in February of 2021. Hopefully we're at the tail end of the COVID pandemic, but we're doing this interview over the internet. So at some points the connection may be kind of sketchy. That is why. Yeah, but it is great to have Jet Black Pearl. She plays a couple hilarious songs for us. She teaches us how to pronounce certain <laughs> Dutch words correctly. <laughs> yes. And it is a fantastic interview. We've been trying to get her for over a year now, so we're glad we have her now. Let's get to it. <laughs> From Portland, Oregon, by way of the Netherlands, we have a woman who is an accordion maestro with the playfulness and dexterity of a pack of hummingbirds whose gorgeous, strange, multilingual songs could spring from no other bird or beast. A unique and amazing performer and a person we're extremely excited to have on the Moisture Festival podcast, we have Jet Black Pearl. Woo! Yay. Hello, 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 hello. Thank you, thank you. So I am excited to have you on because ever since we started this podcast, every time we go through the list, Matt goes, Jet Black Pearl. We got to Jet, Jet Black, Pearl. Black Pearl. So he can finally shut up. <laughs> Yay. We got to do like a three-part series with her. That's how excited I am. 
I uh, wow, I am you're... probably one of your biggest fans. I saw you. I was emceeing the Moisture Festival, and you performed. I remember that. And you were amazing. And then I saw you again at the Oregon Country Fair. And again, I got to see the full show, which is a 45-minute show, which was phenomenal. You, It's just funny. You're an amazing musician, talented. The characters all put together, it's phenomenal. So it's cool that we have you in the Northwest. We like common, uh, commandeered yeah. you from the Netherlands. Yeah, that's right. I've never been as long in the Northwest in one go than this year. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it that you currently do? What is your, your actor show? Yeah, what I currently would do is that your question. <laughs> <laughs> in, in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I, I play in all kinds of places. So it's uh, I adapt a little bit according to... Uh, where people want me. So sometimes they just put me as a background music in a wine bar. So I'm not going to do too weird of stuff. But sometimes, like at the Moisture Festival, when it's more about cabaret and funny things, then I more put out the, the character and the, the, the stupidity, which, I, uh, <laughs> it was, which I'm pretty good at, I think, in stupidity. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's amazing. And it's accordion music and mm-hmm. funny songs and uh skits it's pretty awesome so did you play music as a kid what turned you on to what made you decide you know what accordion that's it yeah well i played i played a couple of instruments when i was a kid but never i never got the thing and uh, like the, the love for an instrument that makes you go for hours every day but then i was actually in art school in my early 20s and I accordion back this was in the Netherlands so accordion back in the days came back a little bit there was like fun rock bands from France and there was like cabarets and then I saw accordions and I was like oh that's cool and actually I started writing songs and that was before I started playing accordion so I wrote these little stupid songs and then I thought well Nobody is going to accompany me because it didn't sing very well. So I better I better find an instrument that I can accompany myself with and travel with because I like to travel. So accordion made sense to me. Ah, <laughs> you're like what? What's what's an instrument I can travel with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most and people go like, what's a fun that. instrument to play that I enjoy? You're like, no travel. Yeah. <laughs> What? How come yeah, not the no, harmonica? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you, it's hard to sing and play harmonica. Oh, true. So, and I, but I do like harmonica, and accordion is actually like a giant uh, harmonica in a way. So, and I didn't know anything about strings, otherwise I may have picked like a ukulele, which is kind kind of light and nice to travel with, more better than the accordion. But mm-hmm. you know, accordion. I loved it, and I really fell in love with it. Did you teach yourself? I always view accordion as a difficult instrument to play or to learn. Did you teach yourself, or is there like you know an accordion school in the Netherlands? Yeah, well, actually, there's a lot of accordion schools and orchestra <laughs> and the whole shebang in the <laughs> Netherlands. But uh, you know, I I found a teacher, and she taught me like a couple lessons, like three or four lessons, and. Uh, and since I had some background uh, as a kid, you know, I played I played electric organ when I was like mm. a teenager. Ah. So I knew about keys and uh, notes and harmonies. So, yeah, it was 
uh, I didn't have money, so basically for the rest of us, self-taught. <laughs> well, accordion <laughs> lessons are expensive, of all the music. <laughs> well, yeah, every lesson is expensive, right? <laughs> YouTube didn't exist back then. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Now, when you, I would imagine that there's like accordion gatherings and conferences. When you perform at those, you got to be probably the only person doing what you do. <laughs> I bet. Do they look at you and like, whoa, that is, <laughs> we, don't, we never thought we could go in that direction. Yes, that's true. Yeah, because, um, well, it's, it's kind of my survival mode because I lived in France, actually, between the Netherlands and Portland. I lived in France for 15 years. And over there, there's a lot of amazing accordionists. Like, they start playing when they're five years old. And uh, they're just so good. There's no way you can excel in that instrument in mm. that country. So I was like, ah, you know what? I have to do something different. So uh, that's <laughs> that's what happened. And that's when you and, started uh, doing, like, looping and beatboxing and rapping. Yeah, not right away, because the looping thing, that, that was, like, in the 2000s that I came. Oh. And I moved to France in... I was in 94. I'm an old lady, you know? <laughs> well, so I, I saw on your website you do accordion rap. And so on my notes, I put accordion rap, question mark. <laughs> so what is accordion rap? Well, that, um, yeah, I, I have a couple uh, cover songs. Like uh, there is a cover song of Eminem that I do. <laughs> and uh, um, there's just some, I'm not a real rapper. And definitely not in English because it's not my my own language. So I'm really slow at speaking and, and singing and all that stuff. But I try. I try to fake it. So uh, <laughs> the accordion rap. There you go. You can do anything with an accordion. <laughs> <laughs> when people walk away from your show, like how do they describe it to other people? Well, depends what time they walk away from the show. <laughs> Because like I don't like when I described you to Louis, I don't think I did it justice. No, you like, should have just sent me a YouTube link. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, some people walk away from the show like really early because they really don't get it. <laughs> uh, the people who stick around, um, they yeah, they just you know I don't know. I I'm not in their heads, so I don't really know what they think. Mm. But when people come up and tell me. What they think it's more like, oh, this is so original and it is and and very fun. And some people also talk about freedom or being kind of a kid again. Ah. Yeah. yeah, it's great. You allow people to be uh, silly. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, I mean, no, well, that's some some um, comedians say I take being uh, not serious very seriously, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I resonate in that. Yeah. I think it's good. I mean, you have a singing fish in your show that's on your shoulder, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he sings really loud for a fish, but fishes are not very loud singers. So he's, he basically he shuts up. But uh, yeah, that's Bob. Bob is bobbing on my, uh, on my shoulder. <laughs> I love it. Now, I'm just going to plug this real quick. You had, have recently put out a Tom Waits cover, which is phenomenal. And you mentioned you have an Eminem cover song. Can we guess the Eminem song that you, you that you sing? Okay, sure. I'm guessing Slim Shady. Oh, that's a good one. I'm well, guessing I, I'm guessing cleaning out my closet. <laughs> that would be a good one. 
<laughs> Man, you give me some good inspiration right there. <laughs> <laughs> to go and clean out your closet, <laughs> to not actually sing the song, though. No, no, I wasn't thinking of that. <laughs> What's the Eminem song you play? Uh, Lose Yourself. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was my second I, guess. Okay. Well, <laughs> you got three, so you got it. You got it. <laughs> And then you have yeah. another, you have another um, video that this is the one I actually showed Louie today is uh, about Broody, the sex, some sexy chicken, M- middle school chicken, middle school chicken. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> very <mean>. different. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and the, the music video is sexy. there's a chicken hanging out with you, like bobbing its head. And yeah, yeah, it's a real chicken. And um, he was in our living room for uh for an afternoon. Is it your chicken? It's not our chicken. No, I found a guy who had chickens and uh, he was happy to come over and be part of the show. Um, I mean, you don't see him, but actually the, uh, for a lot of the song, the chicken is on his shoulder. Uh. So uh, that was really kind of him because the chicken would have freaked out without her boss. How do you pick the perfect chicken for your music video? Are you like, I want <laughs> one that bobs its head? I need to like one that's more like, you know. Needs to be into novelty music. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we went through a long casting of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Farmers are sending in their chicken headshots. Yeah. Like, we don't yeah. want no, no, no union chickens. <laughs> right, no um, uh, no chickeny chickens. They're good, straightforward chickens at a certain age and certain beauty. Man, it was hard to find. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing to live in Portland because a lot of people have chickens in their gardens here. <laughs> mm. So when you started, you got the accordion. You were lear- you learned how to do it. Did you did you start out as a one woman show, or did you were you in a band, a troupe? Like how did it develop into what it is today? Well, as I told you, I was at art school and I had to do a, an internship as a graphic designer in a, in a studio, and I went to New York for that, and which was great because I didn't know anybody there, so. I had the feeling I could do whatever I wanted. So I started playing accordion. I had like two or three songs and I just looped them like every, the, the, the same songs over and over. And I put a hat out there and people started putting dollars in my hat, which was extremely exotic for a, a Dutch woman. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, yeah. And then I realized like, hey, this is actually more fun than working on a computer at a graphic design studio. So that made me think, like, what am I going to do with my future? Um, well, and then right after I got, I passed my exams for being officially a graphic designer, I packed my uh, my accordion and, and went to the south of France to become a street musician. Wow. I mean, that's kind of my wife's career path. She has her degree in graphic design, and she's uh, working on the banjo right now. <laughs> Pretty sure she's going to move to the south of France without you. (laughs) Yeah, you just never know what she's going to do. Better better keep an eye on her, right? You hear you hear that a lot in uh, these interviews that we've been doing in the Moisture Festival. Is that 
you know, it wasn't the original intention to, to do the performing as a career, that they went to school for something else, they had hopes of doing something. And honestly, I feel like the graphic design has come in handy for you because your promotional materials, your photos and your uh, tour dates and your fan stuff is all really well done. Oh, well, thank you. Well, it definitely helps to have a little background in it, at, at least that you can see what, what works and what not. Well, I don't know if it works, but <laughs> <laughs> I at least have it have a, some some kind of of eye at it. But I think you know it's not promoted as an as a career. When you're a kid, when you're a teenager, they don't come to your school and say, "Well, you can become a street artist or or a cabaret artist." It's just not in the in the culture. And even less here than in Europe. Yeah, certainly. So, yeah, no wonder that everybody who actually ends up doing it, um, or most people who end up doing that, it's because they just had to do it at a certain point. And it came on their way, and they're like, wow, I really like this. And then you go on with that. It becomes something that's in your blood. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you have to be a little bit crazy, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be willing to go out there and just convince people to give you money. And you have to put so much time in, in doing what you do. If it's juggling or, or being a comedian or music, it's just it, you have to become really to do your, your art. Otherwise, you will never be good enough to even just being a busker. Yeah. You know? Well, and here in the United States, you know, busking is not as prevalent in our culture as it is in Europe. Can you describe like the contrast between how it's viewed in Europe compared to how it's accepted and viewed here in the United States? Well, first of all, here in the most um, American cities, there's just no people around. You yeah. know, the, the, the sidewalks, everybody used their car to go anywhere. So there's, there's not many people well, unless you're in New York or something. But um, yeah, the, 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 the cities are so different. So as a busker, there's the not, not many people coming uh, and see you. Mm. So it's hard to get a crowd. Mm. And then in Europe, there's, it's an old tradition to go, you know, the, 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 the troubadour, the, the bards. It's just a, it's a well-known thing. Now, I must say that... Um, over the years, like uh, especially when the when the borders opened in Europe, there were so many so many buskers that it's it's the other the other extreme. There's you sit on the terrace and um, in the south of France, for instance, and then every five minutes there's another busker coming around and they pass <laughs> the hat. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's um uh, it's it's it works in Europe, but it's also. Uh, there's a lot of competition. Yeah. So you have to I remember there was like people who were really stood, uh, they, had, they had a strategy. So they would go from at noon, nice weather between noon and two o'clock, you know, and people lunch was outside. So they would do this terrace at noon and then at, at uh, 20 afternoon they would go there. And sometimes I would go to a place and then I saw another busker that I knew. And that person would start running to <laughs> before you, you know. Wow. It's, yep, it's not another. <laughs> it's not a very friendly yeah. uh, family. 
<laughs> yeah. In the street performing world, it's like you have to do a show if you want to <laughs> you make any money. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, definitely. So how long were um, you in the south of France doing shows? Street performing was just a couple of years. And then I got more songs because it's also you can do it when you have only that yeah. <laughs> to learn but at a certain yeah i got a bigger repertoire and then i started playing in bars and then i got a band and yeah we ended up doing shows all over europe and the nice stages and festivals and all that stuff just because yeah at a certain point you get better and then you get a booker and you don't even have to to search for your own gigs anymore that's nice that's super nice. I don't have that here anymore. And no. I would imagine that's a result <laughs> of that you, it said, you know, from what we found on the web, that you were getting a bunch of songwriting awards in France. And I imagine that helped the yeah. bookings immensely. Uh, yeah. And there's, there's just more, um, more money put in culture in general yeah. in France. So bookers, so you can get a little bit more, you don't have to pay just for for tips. Yeah. You know? It happens, but it's rare. So for bookers who take a percentage, it's more interesting to to uh, to actually work for an artist. Yeah. Yeah. And when you when it's all yeah. With the French songwriting awards, was it like the awards like best accordion song about a chicken or in Dutch, <laughs> in Dutch or best beatboxing looping <laughs> Song about Tom Waits cover in Dutch. <laughs> in Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to admit, I really don't like these. Those were like songwriting competitions, and I really don't like them mm-hmm. in the way that you cannot just you cannot compare songwriters. I mean, there were se- very serious, beautiful singer songwriters, and then other people would just would just do stupid stuff. Uh, like me, and uh, and how <laughs> and how can you compare that? You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, they did, and it was also there's always programmers in those places, and then it always gets you somewhere, and then it's like everything in art. Like the more you get seen, the more you get invited to be seen somewhere else. Yeah. Now, when you were performing in France, what language were you singing in? Oh, it was all French. Okay. So, yeah. how many languages do you speak? Oh well. Like uh, like English, like three. Okay. Like, and then there's German and Spanish a bit. But yeah, you know, I'm you, I'm Dutch. If you if you drive for one hour in your car, you're already in a different country. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and nobody else speaks Dutch, so you have to adapt. Well, we actually are learning Dutch. Yes. For this interview, so. We have a couple sayings. We want you to help us with our pronunciation. Okay, we're going to say the Dutch word, and you tell us what the word is. <laughs> wow. Okay. Or how to say it correctly. And then what it means. Okay, I'm going to go first. Okay. Godenavand. Right. Oh, man, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I know, I know. It, it, it takes a lot of imagination because the real pronunciation is Goedenavond. 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 And it, uh, it means um, good evening. Yay! <laughs> High five! <laughs> <laughs> it's nice of you to say, but you know what time it is here. <laughs> All right, here's another. We, right. got two, we got three more. Tot Zines Daghoi. <laughs> this is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Tot Zines Doei. <laughs> oh, okay. And what, what, what is that? It means um, 
See you, and then Dewey is just something like uh, bye. Okay, there you got oh, it. Yeah, all right. Bye. I like the you do, got it. The How Dewey. Did you get that? <laughs> when we're practicing, all right. Here we go. Here's another one. Niminiet Kualjik. Kualjik. Can you do that again? Niminiet Kualjik. I heard the. I hear the first three words. Name. Name him. Name him May, I think. Yeah. Which is take me with. Oh, I was trying to say I am sorry. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> name me Kualik. Oh, uh-huh. ah, okay. We, we have know, one more. Name is take, so it's like don't take me wrong. Oh, oh gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Kunt u dot herlean? Um, the last word I don't understand. Yeah, there's no R. Yeah. I see an R. In oh, R. yeah, yeah, right. Her, her Hallen, sorry. <laughs> that doesn't make it better at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. And it's funny that I asked that. <laughs> Can you repeat that to me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a it's a interesting language. Is uh, it's actually that that last phrase was a perfect, oh. um, uh, perfect pr- pronunciation you... because you had to repeat it to be understood. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were trying to figure out. So I found I found you on a uh, like a Dutch ancestry site. What's the name of the t- what? <laughs> yeah, we're going deep. Uh, we we secretly uh, we found a cup you threw away and did a DNA swap. <laughs> we found that you're wanted yeah, for a murder sure. in 1953. Yeah. yeah, I was a princess, right? <laughs> so the the town I think it's the town you're from is Ijmuden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm out. And on the Wikipedia yeah. page that I looked on about the town that you grew up in. <laughs> It's famous for its large sea rocks. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it said. Wow, yeah, because all the other things you know you you that are there, you don't want to know about them. Ah. So what else is there? It's their their large sea rock. Well, it is funny because it's called a jetty. Ah. In in English, which is my name. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I never thought of that, but yes. <laughs> No, what else is there? There's like a big, dirty industry, metal industry, lots of pollution. It's a big harbor, so it stinks like fish. And which, you know, I grew up there, so I I, I feel, I guess I feel good in the smell of fish. Uh, (laughs) Is that, is the fish that's on your shoulder when you play a tribute to the town that you grew up in? That's probably some some leftover indeed. Well, I also... Man, we're going deep here. I read that there's a beautiful Zood Kenamarlin National Park. Yeah, yeah. No, there's beautiful dunes. And uh, because, you know, in the Netherlands, there's so little space. So we have to... We have to... uh, protect uh, the little space we have so they do have a couple uh, uh, parks like national parks except they're they're just tiny <laughs> and I, I also read that the, a lot of the town that you grew up in a lot of it got destroyed in world war ii I oh mean, yeah uh, growing I up in a... to mention that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a... yeah that's the other that's the other thing you don't want to know about because mm-hmm. it's just really ugly it was built up in the, in the 50s and they didn't have much budget so it just Ar- architecture is like cheap and efficient 
and uh, and the architect um, built it according to um, it was very it was quite conceptual. So if you fly over it, apparently it has the shape of an anchor. Oh, that's cool. That's kind of cool. That is cool. So there's uh, um, there's one long street. There's no town heart in. Uh, <laughs> And that's it. Thank you, architect. <laughs> like the people when they're trying to d- uh, develop more, they're like, nope, sorry, we can't build because it's going to ruin the, the aesthetic from the sky. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think by now it has changed anyway. But yeah, it's, um, it's not a very um, cheerful town. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes there's beauty in ugliness. So I, if you like that kind of beauty, go for it. <laughs> I'm out and it's the place to be. How did you end up with the name Jet Black Pearl? Oh, well, actually, um, it just happened. <laughs> because, as I said, my first name is Yeti, mm-hmm. Jetty. They call me Yet, Jet. And then Black, uh, second name and last name is Swart, means black. Okay. And then, I, and then I got married with a guy named Pearl. Okay. Oh, there you go. So it, there really wasn't much transition there. <laughs> I just thought that was a stage no. name. That's just like your actual no name. No way. No, no imagination involved at all. <laughs> but that's the best part is that you didn't have to do anything and it sounds cool already. Yeah, it sounds very stylized. How did you end up in the United States? You said you went to, to arts or to school here for a little did bit. Did an art project in New York. Yeah, but then I went back to uh, to the Netherlands and then I went to France. So I didn't think I would end up in the States at all. Um, but then, yeah, I just mentioned that, that guy called Pearl, Louis Pearl, the amazing bubble man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we met in, uh, in Scotland at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And uh, well, yeah, at a certain point, Either he had to move to Europe or I moved to the United States. And uh, that's what we did. And you were like, I already speak English and you don't speak Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) There was something like that, definitely. Yes. And is he from Portland? What made you decide to move to the Northwest? Oh, yeah. We just, we're one of those California uh, Portland spoilers. Ah. Sorry. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm Dutch. <laughs> All those Dutch moving into more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have to ask, um, what about the bubbles made you go, that's the guy I want to marry? <laughs> you know, you just don't see that in journals a lot. Yeah. I knew he was the one when I saw him <laughs> blow that bubble. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know if it was the bubble. <laughs> yeah, though, no, I guess bubble uh, when we're together is a good one. doesn't pop so far. Oh, that's ah. nice. Whoa. <laughs> and you do yeah. shows together, right? That's right, yeah. Actually, these days we're doing uh, shows on Zoom. I mean, it's not what we aspire for the rest of our life, but it's uh, it's something. Is there anything you like about doing shows on Zoom? Like, is there a silver oh. lining to it? Yeah, there is. There is, especially with the bubble bubble show, I'd say, because um, with the camera, Mm -hmm. you can go really close to the camera and then people can see the bubble really close up, which is not possible um, on stage. And then the other, well, it's convenient. You know, you don't have to travel. You don't have to get a jet lag or or, uh, all all that stuff. But yeah, no, I would not choose it over normal shows 
Yeah. Because, you know, the one of the reasons I chose music to start with is because you of the real connection you get with people. You know, you play in a bar or wherever, and then you get this this thing going on with other performers, with with the audience. It just it can be really magic. Yeah. And uh, well, you just don't have that on Zoom. Yeah, I agree. It, it is there is that the the energy that that you get. The energy exchange is yeah, not the same. Yeah, it's it's tough to recreate. Yeah. Now, do you so, do you write songs about bubbles when you do shows together with your husband? Do you have like a bubble on the shoulder or like? Only <laughs> <laughs> really one song that I wrote for specifically for that show, and the rest is is mostly improv. Cool. Just in, in yeah instant improv because you know we never know how long the bubbles will live short lifespan <laughs> they're the fly of the, of yeah. the performing yeah, world exactly <laughs> and sometimes those one day flies they're allowed to live for three days so you yeah. have to extend <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's definitely uh um easier when you're, when you're improvising and, and scatting instead of just have like a story going on in yourself. Yeah. And that's, what's amazing about watching you too, is like, um, the, at the moisture festival, when I saw you, you came up on stage with multiple performers and was, were playing music behind them and improving with them. It was, it's, it was super cool to watch that you have just that ability to go up and be comfortable enough and be like, I'm just going to, be present and make some cool art. I mean, how often do you do that compared to just like a regular controlled show? Uh, well, I, I must say that I would like to do it more often because it's uh, it's really nice to be in a, in a place where it's a little bit dangerous. You don't know what's going to happen. And, and, and music is just so very um, complementary to visual shows, you know, uh, I would love to play in a circus, for instance, ah, or yeah. and and just being like a soundtrack, and yeah. But you cannot do it all at the same time. So so far, I'm, I'm mostly uh, mostly doing it for the bubble show and uh, my own show, and then sometimes I'm in cabarets like the Monster Festival. But uh, that's it. <laughs> but, that, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you get involved in the Moisture Festival? Oh. Wow, that's I'm gonna have to give you a real boring answer. <laughs> I applied. <laughs> oh, okay, did you you heard yeah. about it from from other performers? It, yes, yes. I mean, pretty well known, I think. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I was recommended. Like, yeah, you should do this fun. So I applied and I got there, and uh, it is fun, man. You see so many great performers in one evening. Yeah, it is pretty cool, and you sort of moved to the a mecca of variety performers. I mean, Portland has a thriving variety art scene. Have you sort of tapped into that since you've lived there? Yeah, there's all kind of little little uh, performances going on here. Like, um, well, it's funny too that this now, this weekend, usually there's like a, a live Clowns Without Borders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, razor. Like a benefit and, show? Uh, yes. I've been part of that a couple of times and then it's in the theater. Now we're doing just a, an online video show, but uh, there's that. And there's, there's friends of mine who are performers and um, it's great because it gives you a different, different angle of inspiration, you know, and that made me, that started me doing more like character work too. And it's, it's fun. Yeah. 
would you mind playing us a song? I would love to. <laughs> Look at me, I'm super chic. The chicest chicken that I click in the big Botox beak. Shiny feathers, nice and chic. I'm ready, ready. My heart's booming. I'm ready, ready. My loins are blooming. My fluff is blonde and brown. Come back in my down. Wow, wow, wow. Don't wait till my titties start hanging. I'm ready. Are you ready for some banging? So stop your flirty, flirty game. Just sit on me and ay, 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 ay. Because I, I am broody. I want to live. Chicken's got a clock ticking away, no time to talk. Brighter Dumbo, it don't matter. I just need some baby better. Come closer, closer. You don't want to miss this. I'm ready. Are you ready for a kinky scooter kiss? My heaven stories open wide. It takes a second for the ride. Cause I am. Broody, I wanna dance. Broody, I wanna dance.
That was really amazing. <laughs> that was great. That was so <laughs> it says uh, that you've performed in big tops, prisons, living rooms, tunnels, garden sheds, barges, and ruins all over the world. I recently saw a video of you playing out on the corner. I believe it looked like it was your house for a, like a neighborhood oh. show. Um, yeah. Is a, the COVID 2020 yeah. uh, version. Yeah. So what do you what is the contrast between a moisture festival audience and a prison audience? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's one thing. Uh, a prison audience doesn't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> In prison or at your show? <laughs> well, sometimes both. <laughs> They're like, add a year to my sentence to get me out of this show. <laughs> Please throw um, me in the hole. Please throw me in. <laughs> no, it's not entirely true what I'm saying because um, uh, the prison shows I did actually, the people would, you know, who were there actually chose to come over. Mm. But still, especially one time, I remember they were very, very skeptical, and this was an all guys prison, um, and I was performing with another singer. So and we would we this was in France and we would do all these these old French songs on the accordion. Well, more tacky than that, you cannot you cannot imagine in their eyes. So it was uh, the ambiance. I'd say was kind of icy. (laughs) (laughs) But then then somehow my friend there was this this song that she would take somebody from the audience to dance around, and and she did that and it just broke. Totally broke the ice. Oh, that was just lovely. That's great. And from then on, yeah, from then on, they were all with us. And they uh, and then there was a little break after that. And they were allowed to stay with us a little more. And we got requests. Oh, do you know this song? And there was all these old songs from, from the 40s that they requested, you know. And these were these were cool young guys. So uh, that, was, that was pretty special. That's awesome. So it sounds like there's almost a prison circuit you can go play on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you want to. I mean, it's. <laughs> you got to stab three guys to, that. to get on. <laughs> it, is, it is quite amazing to play in places where we're not supposed to be performers because, um, yeah, as I said, like the, the, they don't expect what they're getting and they're easy to, uh, to perform for. But when, when the connection happens, it's, uh, it's just extra gratifying. It's really beautiful. Now, uh, being in the Northwest now, a Northwest resident, how is the Northwest accordion scene compared to, let's say, the Netherlands or France? Well, uh, there's amazingly a amount of, of accordion players here in Portland, actually. <laughs> we even had an accordion quartet here in Portland for oh, a while. Cool. It's, uh, it's very different from France in the way that uh, accordion is still much more integrated in in music in France. It's just you know it's not like the guitar, but almost. There's so many bands with accordions, and they play all kind of music. So it's yeah. not not at that point here yet. But there's there's a lot of accordion players here too. Now, like I guess I feel like. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like, but in American culture, like most people associate the accordion with like polka music. Do you run yep. into that stigma a lot when performing all here in the United States? All the time. Yeah, all the time. And then the typical thing is like, wow, well, thank you for this concert. Yeah, my uncle played accordion. My, my grandfather <laughs> used to play accordion. But this is so different. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And then. There's just this image of, of 
tackiness with the accordion. And that's, frame, frankly, that's international. In, um, it's worldwide. The it's one a, thing that unites, unites the world. It's not going to be an alien invasion. <laughs> it's going to be a misunderstanding of accordions. Evil Mars, it would be tacky. <laughs> well, and I would imagine, you know, that people don't don't know what they're getting into when they come to see you because they don't know that you're going to rap and beatbox and have songs about yeah. macho roosters and ecstatic slugs. Um, I mean, you really, I, it's, it's, it's so cool. It's so much more than just an accordion player. It's, you know, it's a full on theatrical show with character and jokes and funny songs. And it's, yeah, it's great. Oh, what can I say? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a magician and Matt's a juggler and people ask us after our shows all the time to handle our props. Like, people will be like, oh, you know, can I see your, your, your juggling balls? And they'll show Matt that they can juggle three balls. Or they'll ask me for my cards and try and show me a card trick. Do people ask to play your accordion after the show? Uh, it has happened. Not so much, luckily, because I don't really like people doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it can, it, they can drop it because it's quite heavy, especially when they have kids. Oh, uh. can my kid hold your accordion? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know, you You've, don't want to... You give me $4,000 in cash while yeah. your child holds Down payment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they don't realize that it's like a special thing. But um, on the other hand, it's it's good that they have the curiosity. So uh, it's I always let them a little bit and just supervise it. Um, and then for me, I get also the guitar geeks who look at my pedal board. Ooh, oh, that yeah. That looks interesting. Yeah. Wow, what's that? <laughs> You know, and then uh, I and then they know that I'm going to ask. Oh, are you a musician too? Uh, yeah, and then they start talking about themselves, which is <laughs> which is okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So, do you also play like other accordion-based things, like a concertina or a squeeze box? I don't even know what that is, but I feel like that's a type of accordion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The squeeze box is is a little uh, little button box that they play a lot in the in. Uh, uh, Louisiana and stuff. Mm. Although they play the keys also, um, but yeah, no, these instruments are so different. I mean, I cannot, I cannot do anything with it. Um, yeah, oh, it's like some of them are. It's like I don't know if you know what chromatic and diatonic is, but it's like a harmonica that you can blow in and out and have different tone. Mm. Uh, mine, my accordion, when I when I push it or pull it, it's the same tone. It's like a piano, basically. Ah. So, and buttons are just, it's, no, I don't play any of those. (laughs) 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 Gives me the shivers thinking of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now, when when people are like calling to book Jet Black Pearl show, or let's say you're calling somebody. um, Yeah, that's that's more reason. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Let's say you're calling somebody. Um, What do you, how do you describe your... What's the elevator pitch? Yeah, like what, like... Because I have a hard time describing it because it's just so many different things and it's you can't put it in a really in one box. It's how do you sort of convey to people that might even hire you or come to see you what yeah. exactly you do? Yeah, it's really tricky and I still don't know it, how to do it. So I what I uh, I usually just send them to my website or uh, to videos, you know, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, uh, 
usually uh, I'm not calling anyway because I don't usually I don't like phone calls though <laughs> this, this is an exception <laughs> but <laughs> yeah so um, yeah it's 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 tricky to to define yourself but it is important so yeah so I have to talk about you know there's some funny stuff but it's not only funny uh, I do looping and um, yeah no I don't know please <laughs> give me give me some phrases that I can use and I uh, I'll, I'll adopt them watching your video today I was like man it must have been challenging to transition from Dutch to English singing and then songwriting because you're understanding of English is better than mine. <laughs> that's that's <Nah>. actually true. <laughs> not sure. <laughs> no, but like no, that was one of the things that amazed me. And then not just singing, you have jokes, which is, it, it involves a deeper knowledge of the language. Yeah. They say that learning, like learning jokes and humor in a language is always the, the last thing to come. Did you find that to be true? Uh, yeah, well, it's like, but it's the first thing that I try in general. So, mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it is, it's not so, uh, it, it is tricky indeed, but you know what? I did it in France too. And, um, French humor is way more complicated yeah. to, uh, to translate. They just so, don't like to laugh in general. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> no, they actually, no, I have to defend them a little bit because they were nice to me. Yeah. But um, no, they do li like to laugh. But it's, it's the humor is definitely different, not as straightforward, you know. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's really interesting. Like every culture uh, has different kind of humor. And it's, um, it's, it's really interesting to tap into that or at least try to tap into that. Now, when you performed at the Moisture Festival, what was your experience? Did you, I mean, I saw you destroy. And uh, is this, is that a normal, obviously it's not a normal audience, but. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I guess there's nothing normal about it. <laughs> but is that, is that, do you walk away from performing at the Moisture Festival on a high? You're like, man, I wish all shows were like that. Or is that just sort of an enigma? And uh, you're like, okay, that, that filled my cup for this year. <laughs> no, it's definitely high. It's a huge high. But it's also, um, I, I'm happy that not all shows are not, are not like that. <laughs> because there's the, the audience is so present. Um, you know, they just want to have fun. And it's a huge party. Yeah. So I would be um, hesitant to, to put out more, um, like, more fragile songs mm. or, you know, more intimate stuff. Of course. It's, it's, it's a powerhouse. Yeah. Like, both from the stage as from the audience. So I put out my what I think is most funny stuff. And the audience is like, it's a rock and roll show, you know? <laughs> I feel like you're made for the Moisture Festival. Like, you are like <laughs> the quintessential like prototype of the type of performer they have there. Yes. Well, yeah, once again, I, I adapt for that show because it's, uh, it's not all, all that I like to do. Um, there's, there's many other things that I like to do that I would not do at the Moisture Festival. And uh, which is great. So, you know, you, it, it makes it uh, makes it all very variable. And then there's also uh, all the audiences. I think the Moisture Festival is like the ultimate American, like United States audience. 
Ooh, interesting. Do ex- yeah. expand on that. <laughs> I thought so. But really, they are already happy before you do anything, mm. you know? Um, it's like they, they are, they're loud. And mm. um, they, it's sometimes I'm like, are you screaming that much because you really like it? Or you want to <laughs> let the other people know that you're here and having a good time? <laughs> You know, and it gives it gives me wings. It's yeah. really nice for performers. But then, uh, especially when I come back from from a tour in France, where people are much more reserved and and uh, and very silent sometimes. You know, they can be enthusiastic, but they also, for them, it's a way of appreciation to uh, to be quiet and really listen very well mm. to what you're saying and your lyrics and all this stuff. So it's a, it's so, so extremely different when I swap from one country to another. I can like, imagine. Yeah. I, I always need a couple, uh, couple shows to, uh, to get used to it again. Do you ever like land in France or land in the United States and then accidentally like start speaking French to them? <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It has happened to me, especially when I sing a French song. And then when I just came from France, I just start talking in French and then people, you know, people are patient. So they look at me with their mouth, like kind of hanging open. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> what what the beep? And uh, <laughs> thank you for bleeping yourself. <laughs> Saves me some later. <laughs> and then I oh oh yeah, I was in the wrong country for a while. <laughs> yeah, I remember I flew from a gig in Mexico to a gig in China, and I like was say saying Spanish <laughs> for like the first hour. <laughs> this is like, well, like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, they must have thought it was part of the show. <laughs> you know, China is, is another different culture for us. Yeah. Or imagine that they were like, oh, well, that's weird, but it's it's, it's probably how it should be. <laughs> <laughs> All in Spanish when you're American, of course. <laughs> um, would you mind playing us one more song? I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> If I were a man, 
Thank you so much for being uh, on this podcast. Of course, thanks you for being a part of the Moisture Festival. If you want to check out Jet Black Pearl, check out jetblackpearl.com. Yes. That is her website, and she has all a bunch of YouTube videos up there, cool promo stuff. she got a shop. She's got tour dates. And uh, I, I did, you're on Facebook and Instagram also? That's right. So check her out on those. And I recommend the Broody video. Yes. Huge fan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we want to thank you so much for uh, joining us for this short time. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Yes. Thank you, guys. All right. All right, folks. Well, that's it for today. Just a quick few plugs. Of course, go to moisturefestival.org for all things Moisture Festival. You, they also have a Facebook page, an Instagram, and a YouTube that you can sign up for. And you can get all the information if you want to volunteer, if you want to donate, or if you want to fill out the questionnaire to be considered as a performer as well. You can do that all on their site. If you want to find out more information about Louie and I, you can find Louie at louiefox.com. That's with two X's. Yes, and you can find Matt at comedy stuntshow.com. You can also check out the podcast that Matt and I do called the Odd and Offbeat Podcast at oddandoffbeat.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, all that jazz. If you like weird and unusual news stories, that's where you need to go because the Odd and Offbeat Podcast is all things weird. Yes. So check that out. If you like this podcast, you will love our podcast. So be sure to check that out. So we want to thank our guests for today. That was a lot of fun. And and we want to thank all the donors and volunteers and performers that make the moisture fest happen as well without them we wouldn't be here talking to them absolutely so get your little slice of moisture festival at moisturefestival.org and thanks so much for listening folks see you soon thank you for listening to moisture festival podcast and stay moist